All right. Well, I had some time to reflect over what I just uh, published, and we're ready to take on the next uh, step in our discussion. Um, so let's do it. So what's wrong with a naked eval function inside of a Lambda? You know, people uh, say eval is evil. You can do anything you want. But if the execution context of that eval is a self-contained Lambda function of a disposable instance, you can't do whatever you want because you cannot um, have any side effects outside of the Lambda. Now, you can make API calls, and those API calls are bound by the permissions policies attached to the execution role of your Lambda. So, that's a necessary boundary. So, let's just discuss what are the limits of an eval of a Lambda where you just pass it the arbitrary code to execute in the parameter, and how would you write such a function to be generally useful? Well, first of all, um, <clears throat> first of all, you have to uh, separate code and data because you don't. The data might be um, sensitive. You might be passing, let's say, credentials, and you don't want them to be logged. So we're going to have a section of data called sensitive data, where we don't log the values of those sensitive pieces of information, okay? So we're going to have to be able to pass in credentials. We're going to have to be able to pass in secrets. We're going to want to use some kind of secret store. Okay. The second part is we're going to have data that's separate from code. So we're basically going to have three sections in our parameters. We're going to have code that's to be executed, data to execute it on, and part of that data will be like public data that we can log. let's just say, payload stuff that we don't care to log because it's just going to choke up our log files. And then, um, so we're going to have like public, protected, and private data, like a C++ class or Java. Okay? All right. So we have this uh, execution context. And now you might say, well, what are some different types of functions that you're going to call? Well, one is you're going to invoke, let's say, an Ansible function to create a role. You're going to say, assert that this policy exists. Assert that this role exists. We're going to set up our permissions. Right? So, Ansible will basically um, look for an existing thing. And if it's not there, it will create it. Um, so you're going to be doing API calls like describe, uh, look for a policy, or let's just say we're looking for a policy with this name. If that policy with this name does not exist, then create this policy. Pretty freaking simple. Um, So, all of that can be done within one Lambda function. We don't need multiple Lambda functions for that. 
But let's say you want to create hundreds of policies. Let's say you have a whole dictionary of policies you want to create. So this is where we get into the coordination type situation, um, where you might say, hey, uh, I want to use some kind of queue for, for sequential execution, maybe, where I want to put them into some kind of storage, but basically, like, how do you ensure that all of these tasks get done, all of these lambdas will execute cleanly, right? So you're going to want to tag them, you're going to want to separate between executions of different types of code, right? So we might get into this currying system where we lock in the code section or parts of a data section and specialize them. So we're going to create a new lambda where the eval function, where the code section of the eval function is now parameterized or fixed. And then we can tag those lambdas separately. Assuming that we can't tag them in the, in the raw eval but it just might be easier to create a new eval function, a new lambda. And hey, you know, why not have your first lambda function create a second lambda function that will uh, run the eval, it'll run the code, and if that code is already existing, you know, if that code already exists, then it'll reuse that existing function. And, um, that would give you a lot of, uh, of ability to uh, collect the trails, the logs, um, and uh, I think I think we can we can actually uh, work on um, auditing the uh, I think we can work on auditing the actual API calls ourselves. So whatever is executing in our context, we should know about it. Like if we're going to call a Lambda function, if the Lambda function is going to call some API call of AWS, why do we have to wait for CloudTrail? Why do we even need CloudTrail to tell us that we called that function? Like, why can't we know that ourselves? Um, and why can't we make assertions, like assert that this function was called? And tick off the box, like, okay, it's successfully called. So like a precondition, postcondition type situation. So let's introduce those uh, preconditions and postconditions into our lambda execution for some kind of quality. And then you want to assert that for every item in the set that these executions succeeded. So, and let's just say this set is very large and it's too large for the execution of one lambda. We want to run them in parallel. So how are you going to deal with large sets? Well, we're going to need, need obviously some kind of S3 file system would make sense. Create a file, a directory, like a prefix, and then for every item that you want to run, you would uh, specify 
for every item that you want to run, you would specify a, uh, a file with the parameters. Um, and then when it's finished running, you could move it away. I mean, that's like some really primitive stuff. You could do that with S3. Obviously, you could do that with a queuing system. You could use some kind of DynamoDB, some kind of database. So, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to go over this idea of uh, multi-dispatch and making sure that a lot of things gets done. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll just have one Lambda. Uh, we'll split it up into hierarchies. We can say, uh, you know, I've got like three or four levels, like a, like a binary tree kind of thing, where this lambda is responsible for making sure that these two functions run, and these two functions to make sure that these other two functions run. Kind of like a tree structure where we split up. That would be possible. Um, and, uh, excuse me. So that's, those are some ideas. So we might not have to go outside of, we might not have to go outside. And then we can define functions over functions. So we might have to do some kind of data saying, like, give this list, split this list up, process this chunk of a list. I mean, we're probably going to get into some basic list-type things. Um, map over this list. Ensure that for every item in this list, there's an item in another list that maps onto the result. Those might be some basic scheduling primitives that are needed. So we could probably get away without without a database, just using the um, execution results of previous functions as um, and iterating over them. I guess that's uh, CloudWatch, uh, log streams. So a user would like give inputs. Those would be stored in a log stream, and then the next function could uh, reference those log streams uh, and process them. I mean, this is going a little bit crazy here to try and avoid. Uh, using storage. But we can always use something like a key value DynamoDB type situation. But I think uh, for the beginning, S3, CloudTrail, CloudWatch, 
uh, should be, if you structure it nicely, you should be able to get some good uh, performance, and it's worth exploration. And I think we could go back to Haskell and functional languages and uh, take a piece of what we've learned from that. But uh, in the end, um, so we're going to have some kind of aggregate functions and scheduling functions that we need to build. Okay, so we're going to have a map. We're going to have some kind of persistent list somehow. Let's say we can abstract away from that. That we're going to say this function is operating over this list. It's operating over this chunk of that list. This item in that chunk in that list. Okay. And however the storage of that list may be, we're going to abstract away from it. Okay. And we're going to define maps and filters over those lists. Um, you might get into large data sets. You want to process large amounts of data. But, uh, you know, in a Lambda function, you can store a lot of data. So, you know, you can create a Lambda function and it uses S3 for storage, and in the parameters, we'll have to look at what the maximum parameter size is, but, you know, you might have one function that just takes a big list and splits it up, and then calls out other lambdas, and then um, you just have another function that monitors the execution of those lambdas and makes sure that they don't fail, and have them rescheduled. If they fail, I mean, why would they fail? But, you know, you have some type of reporting system. So, said, so these are some of the ideas that I've been having. Um, so, we got the uh, evals, we got the ability to create specialized functions, we got the ability to inspect the API calls. And make assertions about what API calls are being made. And then we want to um, compare the results of the API calls, like describe these elements and um, create a new item if it's not in that list. That's going to be a very common operation. So we've got all of these instances running, we have all of these functions that we have, we have all this stuff. We want to do comparisons. So we have the results from the AWS API, which are going to be like JSON blobs, and we're going to want to check against them. So that's going to be like a common operation, common theme, um, to do structural comparisons, to look this up in that list, and this data is ephemeral, it's not going to, it's going to be changing. And then you might get into race conditions where one function depends on the results of another function. And uh, that happens in IAM a lot, where if you create a policy or a role, you can't use it immediately. Like AWS doesn't deploy them immediately. So um, you might have to say, wait until this has been done. So you'll have something that would pull it, it would sleep. 
and then when that is finished, then um, continue. So you'll have to have some kind of brakes. And um, yeah, I mean, this could be an interesting type of graph to display to show how it's being executed. Show the status. And uh, yeah, also the whole idea of managed policies how many policies you can have, how many roles, uh, how many policies can be attached to a role, like specialization of roles. Yeah, and I think when we get into um, running things in like S trace, and I'm pretty sure that we could install some kind of P trace or S trace. Or even, hey, what if we could run perf in the Lambda? Like privilege execution, like performance data, or at least on the user space, L trace, P trace, all types of tracing. But we can also just put breakpoints in the Python itself. I mean, what if we had a pi trace? And I'm sure there are some pi types. Well, we got pi profiler. So, we could definitely profile our Python machines and look at the executions. So, I think we can learn a lot from this basic concept. And, uh,. Yeah, I think it's worth exploring, so uh, we're going to explore that. All right, guys. Well, that's my little uh, second addendum for today. I'll just tack this onto my podcast. And uh, it's great with uh, Anchor FM. I can just make a new upload and tack it on. All right, see ya.